Welcome in. This is 300 Yards to Unknown. I'm Rick Game, and that right there is Eric Patterson. Epat, happy Players Week. Happy Players Week. Yeah, this is the you know, P- the PGA Tour's crown jewel. Um, maybe gets a little overhyped, but uh, still definitely a fun week. I think uh, I think everyone can attest that this course is pretty sweet. Does it get overhyped? I mean, I, I understand it's not a major. I understand that people think that 17 can be a little quirky, but it it is the biggest prize purse. That's it, it gets a field, man. Like it's it's legit. No, of course, yeah, it gets a it gets a field, <laughs> it gets a purse, but I don't. It's it's just everything that goes on kind of behind the scenes. Did you hear? Uh, there was an interview with Nota Begay. He was actually on a Canadian TV show up here on one of our sports channels. And he said, as a golf channel employee, he didn't say this specific. Well, he said this. Uh, we're not we're not supposed to talk about Augusta this week. So that's just like the type of stuff that uh, bothers me, irks me a little bit. You know, when they do like the player introductions, they do like Sergio Garcia, 11 time, yeah. 11 time PGA Tour winner, players winner. Just like obviously they're not going to bring up the Masters or, or any of the other majors, but um it's almost like every other tournament of its class is just completely ignored. So that's where if they didn't try to be the biggest show in town, then I think I would appreciate it even more. So you're saying if they just embrace the fact that this is like the fifth most important golf tournament and also it's fun and you get a great field and it's the deep, like embrace that instead of trying to be the, the, the greatest show. Yeah, on don't don't like you know pull the cover over our eyes and, and pretend the other ones don't exist. Just say this is the biggest PGA Tour run event. Like own that. I'm I'm cool with that, but um I don't think we'll ever get to that. Uh, no, but I don't think enough so. enough. I guess complaining. This is a it's a it's a fun event. The leaderboard's chaotic. The uh, the scores are chaotic. You never really know what you're going to get here. So it's just it's living up to the those expectations. It, it certainly is. And, you know, we we chat every week and most of the time I come on here and complain about the broadcast and you try to talk me off the ledge and all that stuff. But um, I, I can actually say very positive things this week because every shot live is exactly that. It is, dare I say, I mean, it is better. It is better than the Masters app, right? It's better. It is. Yeah, I uh you know, we were a little skeptical a couple of weeks ago when they announced the news, but I've been pleasantly surprised by how how well it works. And if you notice, uh, it's powered by IBM. So hat, hat tip to them. They came up with the Masters app. Now they're obviously doing this um, until Amazon takes over. So uh, it is it is a lot better than I initially thought it was going to be. So uh, definitely a, a nice addition to this week. Are you able to access it in Canada? We are. Yeah, I was. I didn't think we would be, but um we we can get it it's not as it's not as like the user experience isn't what i would expect to be i can't just click all these screens and create my own little you know my six-way screen i gotta like you know open a new window re-sign in drag a screen it's not as intuitive as i we want it to be but one day there will be i'm assuming an option where you just go select 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 kind of build your own screen and then sit back and and relax Right. I would agree that that is certainly in the future. The So so co- comparing and contrasting to the Masters app, the Masters app is essentially, I would argue, so, so the Masters has multiple feeds. So you can do like Amen Corner, you can do like 15 and 16, you can do featured groups, you can do featured holes. So you can build kind of like your, your, um, your board there, but it is essentially an enhanced 
shot tracker. Like you watch the shot tracker and then yeah. a couple minutes later you click on that shot and you can see the uploaded video, which is kind of what I, I think I might've called this every shot almost live a couple of weeks ago, because that's what I was envisioning for, for this. Uh, but that's not it at all. You can literally follow any group that you want. Uh, only the featured groups have commentary, which Epat, I'm completely fine with like yeah, the, yeah. just the ambiance and, and no commentators is like, it's very soothing. It's very awesome. It's uh, yeah. Like you said, the, and maybe we were wrong in assuming that it was going to be almost live because we might be misremembering what actually was unfolding last year at the players. There was a lot I of other remember, things going on. Yeah. I don't like, remember anything from last it was year. A I chaotic, was thinking about that. Yeah. It was pretty chaotic. So maybe I just didn't fully, um, you know, consume what every shot live was then, but maybe they also improved it. But yeah, I mean, I, I tuned into like, it's just so good for tracking the guys you want to watch. Like I was watching Mark Leishman last night, trying to fight the sunlight. And then like, I think the broadcast was over and I was still able to watch his group um, play around. Like you said, no commentators, the birds just chirping. Like that is just, uh, you can hear some unique conversations between some of the guys. It's just a nice little, it's almost like you're, you're not there, but it's as close to being there as you can. Like some of the best parts about going to these tournaments is just finding a random group and you're the only one there. You can hear their conversations. You see all their shots. Um, So this is pretty much a replica of what, of what that experience is like. That to me, it, yes, the best part kind of being that they're not cutting to another group. So like you're, you're while they're reading the greens, you're just watching and you're hearing things and you're hearing guys say, oh, I missed the face on that. Or this is a really, you're almost getting more information than just being like, oh, wow, he hit a really bad pitch there. But then you're like, oh, well, it was a really awkward spot. He hated the way he hit it. Like, that's not what he was trying to do. Like, it's just, it, it really does add like three more layers to the viewing experience just because they're not as, this is weird. I'm always like, bounce me around, show me as many shots as possible. But at the same time, you learn a lot when you are just sitting with one group. Yeah, that's where I like I want I want the ability to have four groups fired up and going at the same time because there is a lot of downtime. Um, and if you could just like click on and off the audio to like if they're, you know, line up a putt, I'll go watch. I'll go listen in on these guys like that. Perhaps that's coming, but it is tough to just kind of focus in on one group and just like lock in as they're walking down the fairway. There's obviously not a lot going on. Um, great second screen uh, viewing experience, especially when you know, they're not showing someone you might be tracking. I think this Friday, like Friday with the, with the cut coming, I think it's going to be even, um, you know, more beneficial when you've, when you're tracking a guy to make the cut or you got a three ball that's finishing up. I just think it's so it goes, um, hand in hand with the betting experience. So definitely a, a massive, um, accomplishment. And I just, I can't wait until this is at, you know, the Texas open and I can watch every shot live at, at the most random event on the schedule. I, um, that, that's how I was kind of using it is what you were describing as a second, second screen experience. So I had like the featured groups up or whatever, and then essentially, yeah, muted, or I guess it didn't need to be muted because there's little audio or there's little commentary, uh, with a bunch of other windows open of guys that I, or groups that I wanted to track, which I thought was kind of the best way to do it. And, you know, you mentioned, could this happen at other events? So like, okay, realistically, and, and I feel like I'm never good at, uh, doing this exercise because I'm too into it. I would pay any amount of money for this. You know, it's, it's part of the, it's, it's part of the business. It's part of the job. I would do whatever it takes for this. If this was available every single week, what could they realistically charge that people would pay for this? That's a great question. I don't know if they want, 
that I have no idea. What is well, let's, what is let's look at this. Okay, so live, each, like 10 yeah, bucks a month? I was going to say, I, I think it's 10 bucks a month or you can get like the whole season for like 60 bucks. So it's pretty cheap compared to some of the other league passes like the right. NFL, the NBA, uh, all that good stuff. Obviously, you kind of get less and like league pass for NBA and NFL, you can choose any game you want, but it, it's pretty cheap compared to other organizations. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how much I'd personally pay. I'd have to think about that. Like, I like the fact that I get it, you know, for the all under one umbrella right now. Maybe they do like a rollout, like a marquee events. And then every event, maybe they, you know, they have different pricing tiers. I, I don't know. There's probably some DGENs out there that pay a lot of money to watch, you know, a, a Thursday morning three ball go out. I, mean, I For me, that's might be overboard. I, I don't know if I could go there. Like, uh, shot tracker is fine for, you know, Thursday mornings when you got other things to do and you can't just be in front of a TV watching golf all day. But um you know i would i would definitely consider i don't know maybe like 20 bucks a week it seems like a lot but okay okay so i was gonna say i think they could i think they could charge 50 dollars a month and they would get so that would be they're in the same ballpark yeah so so basically 50 dollars a month which would be i think you would get a a good crossover of Yes, the degenerates who would have paid, they would have paid $200 a month for this or like the sickos like me, I would have paid, I'd pay any amount of money for it versus the people who like just want to see more golf, just want to have access to it. It's it's not extremely cost prohibitive. So I bet you they could do 50 bucks a month. I also, the one thing I want to look into is, and maybe this is part of the data lake EPAT, I, I want to be able to go watch all this later, right? So when when Victor Hovland had that rules incident, I was able to go back and look at PGA Tour Live featured groups and just pull the video from it. I don't know if they're posting the group by group like archive anywhere. I believe I haven't clicked it because I'm not dying to go replay a round that I've already you know seen or know the score of. But I believe I have the opportunity to watch like whoever morning round from this morning was. I can go back and watch that right now if I really wanted to. I don't know where they're storing it. But right now on the golf TV page, it's right there. Just you got to hit replay and away you go. So I'm pretty okay. sure that's available to me in a week. I don't know where these are going to be stored, but right now I can do it. Right. So that that to me, I, I don't know why, but I I would love that. Right. So imagine, imagine. I there don't is know this, why. <laughs> <laughs> imagine I, there's this data lake, right? So or whatever they want to call it. But okay. So uh, when we get to. Valero Texas Open I can go back and watch my guy at the Valero like oh let me do a little bit of research let me watch tape right I'm gonna go back and watch last year kind of remember what this course is like how somebody might have played it if I want to go back and look at a shot like that I that to me is it's not it's not just as important as the live stuff obviously but I think it would be a big a big part of it, it is that is good to go back and maybe like figure out how someone got to where they were like watch like a nine hole run and figure out how they you know vaulted into contention or whatever so yeah I I could see like the the scouting report aspect aspect from it for uh you know for for people like you and I who want to go remember things and not just look at the leaderboard and try and figure it out that way so I'm, I'm sure those that'll come but right now yeah uh, I think we're just going to be limited to this this tournament only. The only complaints I could imagine are that it's not available through Amazon Prime, which I think I've been on the record of being like I have PGA Tour Live through Amazon Prime, and it is uh, to me a better app, and I can cast it from the app than the NBC Sports Gold app. So that's where I get it. But every shot live here. 
is only available for NBC Sports Gold. So I paid for this month to get this, and I'm just going to cancel in two days. So I guess the complaint would be, it's that not doesn't necessarily make any sense to me. It's not tied to PGA Tour Live. It's tied to NBC Sports. Yeah, you have to sign up through, and I think that's going to change obviously with their recent partnership with Amazon. That they wouldn't, they wouldn't overhaul this thing just to you know have it on NBC when Amazon's putting all the work in, and you can't watch it on Amazon Prime. So I would assume that's 2022. You'll be a happy customer finally. Uh, this is the happiest I've been with with uh, <laughs> streaming in a long time. So I'm a pretty happy customer uh, right now. And then you you know you mentioned it earlier. This this to me a lot of the moves that I think the tour is heading in the direction of, which is uh, both data oriented and video oriented, are to capture this gambling fantasy demographic, right? I, I can't imagine there's a lot of people who are dying to see the Johnny Vegas, Taylor Gooch, Tom Lewis group who are not invested in that financially, right? There's three families and yeah, a bunch of gamblers. That's <laughs> this, will that. make, this will make families really happy. Did you they hear about, uh, did you hear about Victor Hovland? Yeah. His mom called the his mom called him. <laughs> after watching every shot live. So, uh, I saw it. I retweeted what it said. Patrick. So Pat well, Hovland's mom calls in, says, Vic, are you going to call yourself on that penalty? He's like, what are you talking about? Anyways, two stroke penalty. And then I saw a tweet. It said, Patrick mom's re Pat Patrick reads. Mom did this once. And Patrick never spoke to her again. So like <laughs> the fact that his mom called in on a rules infraction is fantastic. And um, even this morning I woke up to a few tweets and it was just, Reed bent over digging through his ball and with like twice on the same hole. Number one, uh, bent over with his hand down in the dirt. Like, I just, I can't believe it. This guy just loves the challenge. The, the tweet that I saw was that screenshot and it said, Patrick Reed touches the ball more than James Harden. Oh, yeah. And that was I no laying up. Just, his hand is on the ball every time he goes up to, to, to see what it, you know, his lie is. Can't believe it. Uh, NBC Sports cost Victor Hovland two shots. How, okay. First of all, he, I've never, I, I don't think I've ever seen a guy move, move their mark in the same direction twice and like completely just zone on it. That's, that's wild to me, is it? Cause it would have been a pretty significantly different angle. I guess maybe in the heat of the moment, he has no. I don't just, know what's going through his head and his brain cramped. Yeah, that's a huge brain cramp. Um, I was like, didn't John Rom do that at the? Someone did that where they, um, they forgot to mark their ball, or they they just picked up yeah. their ball without marking it. It was, was Rom. Like, he just he just yeah. picked it up and These then he was standing there like, holding the ball and he was like, like what the hell did I just do? I, yeah, so no maybe it's a brain. Ground. But like I, I'm people are complaining about the rule, but I think that's you know, putting the ball back to where it was, is you need to do that. You, you can't have guys just, yeah. Like Hovland could have taken like a couple of inches of break out of his putt, which is, I don't know. Of course. You yeah. Can't no, have, you and can't it, it was, it was clearly, uh, it, it can be simultaneously not malicious and it can also be the right call, right? Like you yeah. can, you have to, you have to finish, you have to hit your next shot from where your last one finished. And I know it was like a three and a half footer and probably made zero difference, but yeah, you, you don't want to start getting into a situation where that's well, obviously that would not be not enforced because you could do, you could move into a significant advantage. I don't think Victor did, uh, but yeah, that would obviously be an issue. Hovland, he almost got screwed on a rules uh, infraction earlier in the day, which, yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about contrasting rulings between what Hovland did and what Patrick Reed did, basically the rules official comes out, they didn't see where the ball landed, um, or he, no one really saw where the ball landed. It bounced back into the water. 
on replay, it was pretty, it was very clear that it cleared the red line. Rules official comes out and pretty much says, well, because we're not sure, you have to go back. Which is, you know, Patrick Reed got the complete benefit of the doubt saying, well, we don't know. So yeah, here's the, here's a free draw. Whereas yep. for Reed or for Hovland, they took the completely different approach. I just found that extremely bizarre. And just how can you have two di- completely different approaches for, um, you know, when there's gray area like that? I think the rules officiating is so incredibly inconsistent. Uh, even just from even in the moment, right? It's why guys ask for second and third opinions because they think the other another guy's going to come in and give a different a different ruling, and it happens somewhat often. For and then this one was bad with Hovland because we're all watching it live on tape. We can see his ball cleared, and the guy on the radio. So the the, the rules of at the hole didn't know. So he calls mm-hmm. it in, which is already like getting a second opinion. And yeah, the guy says, oh, I, I don't know. I, I can't really see from this angle. It probably hit the bulkhead. And Victor Hovland was like, that, Definitely didn't. I would find that very hard to believe if that was the case. You would have heard it. You would have. It would have taken a completely different type of bounce. And uh, I mean, his caddy earned his money there because his caddy was pretty much like, that's not possible like that. We are not, that's, but it's, it is a big problem with how all of this stuff is being done inconsistently. And how about this Patrick? I think this is all Patrick Cantlay's fault. Patrick Cantlay, Victor Hoffman was like, guys, I'm, I'm pretty sure like, I'm just going to drop it right here. Blah, blah, blah. We think we saw it cross all that good stuff. And Cantlay was like, well, let's be really sure about this. Why don't we just call it a rules official? Which, is that who, that's who did it. Yeah. Interesting. Which, which, which doesn't, which has proven that calling in a rules official does not make the situation any clearer. So right? Justin Thomas had comments about it. And like, I keep thinking about, you know, obviously Reed and not really having um, strong. Uh, I think he was playing with two young guys that day when he was messing around in the dirt. Um, yeah. So Justin Thomas came and said, that's just unfortunately how golf is where if you don't know, if you're uncertain, you just have to take the worst situation for yourself. So like if JT was with Reed's, at you know at at the farmer's insurance maybe jt steps in and says listen we don't know so you gotta take the you know though obviously you have to assume the worst um maybe the rules official comes in and says no this is it but uh just interesting that you know jt can think that way um and then yeah whoever reed was playing with just kind of let it let it slide it's weird i guess we didn't really talk about the the rules little rules infraction by uh, DeChambeau and his win at Bay Hill but again where the you know you call in a rules official and you just kind of get your way um what Bryson did what, what was the Bryson thing so on the 16th hole at Bay Hill he had like the sprinkler head in his line oh yes yes he yes, li- yes, he, yes. he he just lied to the rules official of where he was going to putt the ball and the rules yeah. official didn't even think about challenging him and say like uh, like obviously it was a huge right to left putt because when Bryson puts his ball in play, he's aiming like six feet to the right. So just like, I found it and like, I wish these rules officials and maybe good on him. You know, this official from yesterday for challenging Hovland a bit and saying, maybe if we don't know, so you got to go back. Um, it, it would just be nice to these officials to push a little bit more instead of just kind of bending, you know, put bowing down to the power, the players and just letting them do whatever they or- want not sometimes bending and not sometimes pushing Definitely back get some at random. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get some consistency in, in our, in our mix here. I forgot about the Bryson thing. Yeah. And, and, minor, also, but... and if you, if you know what to say and you know how to 
present your your situation to a rules official you can nudge them in the right direction yeah it's there's a where the master one guy has mastered that art on tour and we all know who they certainly have um rbc canadian not happening again this year man I'm so, sad sad face over here sad canadian epat uh it's so uh, yeah they're it gonna try to fill I, this spot yeah they're gonna probably go back to memorial and it's gonna be another work day i think they're gonna like that would be my guess why the memorial was the week before the canadian open so yep. we went memorial canadian open u.s open so they're probably just gonna run back to back work day number two last year the two events at memorial were work day was first, first and then yeah. the memorial right right so right i i would imagine that's the easy one is that this that that spot so it would be the memorial it would be the presuming work day work charity day open again or whatever that, that one gift for the guys looking around the corner just rubbing <laughs> yeah. his hands together yeah that's uh that's work day right now yeah and and all the infrastructure and stuff would already be in place so that makes that makes the most sense and then they go to tory the next week so i i imagine that's what's going to happen are there any other options have you heard any other rumblings about i mean i that just makes too much sense to not do that. people are pushing for a west coast event but um I think they'll go to wherever there's fans too. Like if they can get a Florida event with fans or a Texas event with fans, I don't know what California's current fan status is, but um, probably not as good as Florida or Texas. So I think they're, they, they're going to need fans. So in any chance that they, I, I, I know they don't want to do this because it's like a bunch of dominoes, but like if you moved the Memorial back one week, you could stay in Texas after the Charles Schwab. But I guess they don't really care about going Texas, Ohio, Texas, if they really wanted to do that. I'm sure they've considered it. Yeah. I don't know if Jack wants, you know, his tournament right before a U.S. Open. I think that's <laughs> that's actually a better point. Yeah, that's a that's a big event. So I think they'll probably leave that and just squeeze in somewhere where they can whoever Whoever can get the most money out of a tournament, they'll they'll figure out a way to do it. But yeah, um, yeah, Canadian Canadian Open. I, I've been itching to go. I've been told I'm getting media credentials for the last two years, and they just keep axing on at me. So I can't. I'm I'm just waiting for that time to to shine behind you know in the press conference room. You know, ask ask a few spicy questions. I'm just dying for my opportunity. Yeah, you're gonna ask. You could ask something. Uh, something that gets gets that goes viral with the response. I can't wait for that. Uh, so I, I imagine. In 2022, they'll probably just go to St. George's again, right? Like you don't, you don't lose. Yeah, it. they'll they'll continue to push it back. I would assume there's no reason why they would uh, change up the venue now. So it's gonna go there eventually. It just hopefully, yeah, <laughs> next year at this point. So we've got a lot of these like one off. Like I think they're gonna try to go back to Mexico, go back to Chapultepec for. Um, for the WGC and then probably try to go back to Canada again for the Canadian open. So we'll see. the schedules, you know, it's the only one that's probably going to get canceled this season. I would assume like the, even the open championship sounds ready to rock. So it's just Canada's Canada's being extremely tight with the border is what it is. And that's just, that's why they have the Canadian NHL team bubble right now. That's why the Raptors are playing in Tampa. We just don't travel right now. So that's just kind of got to play the, play the cards you're dealt. I would agree with that statement. The only other golf event that might be in jeopardy would be the Olympics, which oh, I have right. not heard. Not that that's a PGA tour event, but I've not heard anything about the Olympics recently. remember there was Wasn't like there a, a, a couple of weeks yeah. ago, there was like, maybe it was like two months ago. They're like this. It's not happening. Like everyone internally knows it's not happening. And then 
it seems like that cooled off for a bit and I have not heard anything. It's coming up what in a few months. So like they the gotta, end of July. Yeah. I, I can imagine being an Olympic athlete trying to train right now and not really knowing if you're going, but yeah, that's a, that, that's the old, other one that's still up in the air. Um, I saw uh, one where they might limit. So, so competitors can come, but, but fans wouldn't which would i mean japan obviously wants the tourism they want all of that but i wonder if it's better to just have the olympics than not have them at all i don't know i don't aren't aren't olympics just massive losing money propositions anyways so with no fans you're just losing even more money i um i don't know what you would do that's yeah that's a tough that's a tough one i would can't keep delaying them i don't know who knows yeah, I don't know what the last Olympics was that turned a profit, if ever. Uh, it's if that's ever happened. It's just yeah, you just dump fifty. I don't know, <laughs> billion dollars. Whatever, billion, yeah, billion, whatever, whatever billion, trillion, billion. It's a <laughs> lot of cash, and you just never get it back. Um, speaking of a lot of cash, Bryson's been stacking cash recently. And Bryson, <laughs> you're getting good at these uh, transitions, eh? That's a lot of experience coming from you. I was wondering how you're going to ter- turn that one into a Bryson talk. Some of them, uh, some of them are a lot uglier than, than, than usual. I, I try to do it a lot, but, uh, so we haven't talked since Bryson took the line. He took on six at Bay Hill. And then also Bryson being Bryson kind of alerts the tour that he wants to cut off, um, 18 at Sawgrass and go into nine fairway, which would be reckless, I think, but certainly not out of his, uh, scope. And then of course the PGA tour responds by creating an internal OB over there so that you can't, you can't go that route. So should Bryson just have kept his mouth shut and tried to do this or like what, 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 what's the deal here? Yeah. He said yesterday, he's like, I probably shouldn't have said anything. Um, I doubt he would have, maybe I should stop doubting whatever Bryson (laughs) says, but it seemed crazy to do it. Uh, um, yeah, I would have, it's odd that, you know, after everything that that those drives on six did last week, it's odd that the tour would start trying to kind of limit Bryson's, uh, you know, antics on the course. Like people want to see this. People are dying to see him do crazy things with the with the driver and the fact that they're just putting in internal. Like I'm on Team Bryson for this one, and I really am. Like if he wants to hit it left, like all you have to do is warn a few people, warn a group and the marshals that Bryson's on the tee. He might be coming over to the ninth green or the ninth fairway. So just have a, have your eye ready. Like that's, that's all you have to do. He, he'd probably be the only one to do it. Um, it just seems like they're missing out on a potential kind of viral moment that they captured last week. But yeah, for them to, to kind of uh, limit them is, is strange in my opinion. Yeah. The ratings were great last week. Um, massive, massive. Right. I'm trying, I was trying to pull it up, but they were much better than, Terrell Hatton's win the week before, and they were pretty significant. So yeah, I, I agree. You should not be stifling uh, you, essentially what is your greatest draw at the moment. You should just be like, yeah, go, ahead, go over there, see what happens. Like, let's, I don't know, let's find out. Imagine Bryson Sunday afternoon in 18th tee and he needs to make a birdie and he starts bombing one into the ninth fairway. Like no one's on the course. So I like, it, it would only really impact play for two days, right? Like it, well, depending on when he's playing, I guess. Yeah, but also like, if he's like in the late group, you, you've been to a PGA tour event. Balls are flying everywhere. Yeah, they should hand out hard hats once, like on certain. No locations. one is safe 
at these events. They, like I, that's my biggest takeaway. If you go watch live golf, you are not safe, especially at some of these older courses. Uh, these balls are going all over the place. For Bryson to hit one a day into an area that there are marshals and they're like, it's not. I don't think it's that big of it. It's, it's certainly not a player safety issue. I just wish, yeah, it, I I wanted them to let him let it fly. You know, we just saw what could happen last week. Let it build on the on the momentum and. So yeah, he said yesterday, uh, I should have kept my mouth shut after his round today. He comes out and says, it sounds like he has a few more up his sleeve of where he's potentially taken on some um, some new uh, paths. I don't really know, lines of play, maybe through trees, over trees, into other fairways, and he's keeping those close to the vest. He's not telling anyone moving forward. He's learned his, uh, he's learned his lesson. He certainly has. Uh, Dustin Johnson has not learned his lesson in regards to sandwiches. Did you see that? Okay, so <laughs> it was Thursday at the players. I don't know what hole it was. Maybe 16. It was one of the par fives. And his second shot, he hits into the water from the middle of the fairway. And he said he had, he said the club slipped because he had sandwich juice on his finger no, still. Really? I saw yeah. I saw that he went in the water. I didn't see the reason behind it. DJ and sandwiches is like the new trend. You know, that's the, the master's dinner. Now he's eating them in the middle of the round and getting his hands all greasy. I wonder he what told, sandwich he went with. He told that uh, to Mark, Mark Emelman was with his group on, on Thursday. And he, he told him that after he hit that shot, he said he had still had some sandwich juice on his, on his fingers and it slipped. And then Mark told, told that on, uh, on the telecast this morning, like the early cast. So that that's the, 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 the now sandwich juice is an, is an issue for just Dustin, greasy just fingers. Like what, what does he have? Like a meatball sandwich? Why is it just like yeah, what is butter eating? and jam? <laughs> what? Yeah, what what juice was he eating? A little pickle juice action? Pickle, like I was gonna say pickle juice. I'm trying to think what's juicy. Yeah, pickle yeah. juice is probably the other one, but it's not really slippery. It's gotta be something with some meat and some oil on it. So yeah, that's uh DJ yeah. needs a, a new uh encore snack if it's causing him to <laughs> hit some I in the water. Him. He's yeah, absolutely he's, the best. He's fist pumping. He's he's into this week. He was fist pumping yesterday, he was fist pumping today, so he's showing some emotion. He uh it's probably probably helps with the fans there. He probably doesn't know how to fist pump when there's no one around. <laughs> yeah, it's really awkward when there's no there's no one around. Uh, all righty, Pat. What else? Anything? Anything of note? Uh, just maybe the highlight of my day yesterday was that the video that Poulter posted. I thought was just so relatable to you know everyone who's go, goes out with their buddies has wants to have a good round and they just get their ass kicked and they're sitting around after drinking a beer just like what did we just do? So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rory just kind of rubbing his hair. Can't believe he just shot yeah. 78 or 77, whatever it was. And just, uh, I love, I love the euros from that standpoint. They're just don't take themselves too seriously. And that was a, that was worth a good laugh. Yeah. The pan around the table where Rory's just like, what did I just do? And Hatton <laughs> is like giggling. He's like, yeah, that like, that I think Hatton had the best day. He was four over Stenson. Yeah. Stenson ran out of the shot. But he didn't want to be uh, caught on camera after his, uh, 85. 85 yeah 85 rory shot a 79 i thought yeah 79 yeah, 79 hatton shot a 76 and uh polter shot a 77 rough yeah, rough a- rough day for that table hatton won the four ball with a four over round so he is he had a reason to be smiling but yeah that was that was good stuff out of yesterday yesterday was tough thursday was tough um it's good to see the tour beat these guys up a little bit yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Get, yeah. Stick it to him a little bit and make him make him earn it. Causing a little chaos at the Players Championship. Always a good thing. 
Eric Patterson, as usual, thank you very much. You can find his work on The Score. You can find his Quick 9. You can find him on Twitter at EPAC Golf. Uh, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been 300 Yards Unknown. We'll catch you next time.